everyone. Welcome to the Bible Belt Bros Podcast. We should just call it the BBBs. No. Welcome to the BBB Podcast. We cannot do that because my soccer team is BBB for a different reason. And it's not a good one. Okay. I'm sure there's bad words that start with B. Yes. And you can... And Soccer City refused to call us that, so they called us BBB. Okay. Well, welcome to the Bible Belt Bros Podcast. I'm your main host. <laughs> and I'm your mainer host. Mainer host. Mainer. <laughs> and uh, today we got a good show. Today we have uh, an interview with Mary DeMuth. She is an author of 36 books, including one that comes out on October 1st called The Seven Deadly Friendships and How to Heal When Painful Relationships Eat Away Your Joy. So uh, it's a great interview. So if you don't care about what we're going to say before that, just fast forward and find find her somewhere. But first, we got some updates, Andrew, because it's been a little while since we've talked. Yes. One. Well, since we've talked on here. True. One, I uh, have uh, a bee problem in my yard. A bee problem? Yes, like I was. Bible Belt Bros, B B B B B. I was mowing and... And doing some other yard work stuff, and all of a sudden, I'm getting like painful stings all over my body, and I had like six to eight stings all over, and they hurt really bad. And to find out, I had a yellow jacket's nest underground in the yard, so I couldn't get to it. And uh, yeah, so I've been dealing with that. Sold the house, and we're, <laughs> but uh, we uh, uh, actually had in- uh, was going to spray for it. And I called Integrity, and they were like, yeah, we just do a like $150 yard spray is all that we really do for stuff like that. And I was like, forget that. I'm going to buy a bee suit, and I'm going to just take all these one-on-one for right. 150 bucks. You can get a bee suit, actually. I saw on Amazon for $35. Well, there we go. I, I would have had the bee suit and you know, a can of my spray. own spray and stuff. That's right. So, um, by the way... Yellow jackets are wasps, not bees, so you don't have a bee problem. Well, that was the uh, okay. Yes, you're you're correct. You realize that bees really aren't as aren't aggressive, right? Yeah, humans? I got all that when I googled Come what on. the heck stung me and why is it like still stinging yesterday, <laughs> like the next day? Yeah, uh, because you obviously didn't rub baking soda on it. I did. Like it was just like. Did you paste it on, or did you just like rub it we, on? Because you got to paste it. You know, my wife lathered that bacon soda all uh, over my body. No, I uh, <laughs> we did, but it still like had a stinging thing, and I still gotcha. have like... Oh, the the stinger was still in there injecting you? Probably. I don't know. They were like all over me at one point. Actually, wasps don't lose their stingers. <clears throat> Anyways, so actually Integrity had was coming out the next day anyway to do their normal spray stuff. And so I just was like, dude, why do you guys cost so much 150 bucks just to spray this out here? Because it's not right close to my house, so it wasn't even in the yardage range that they were going to do for me. And he was like, I'll just do it real quick. And he like sprayed. It took five minutes. And nice. they're dead. All dead. Very nice. No more stinging me in the high knee. You probably liked it. Probably. How have you been, Andrew? Uh, Well, been good. I actually did sell a house. I didn't just kid about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, other than that, you know, same old, same old. The new uh, Fortnite update came out. Season six just started. Season six. Yes. Actually, I'm I'm honestly about to be. Uh, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to play a lot of Fortnite because what my deployment. Uh, I'm getting redeployed. 
Oh, okay. In October, because Call of Duty's coming out. So. Gotcha. <laughs> and, uh, I they, don't know. So yeah. I did pre-order it. I did buy it. Ah, oh, you said you weren't. I know, I did. This is my first Call of Duty game I've bought in like four or five years. Uh, ever since they added exoskeletal suits into the game, I quit playing. Yeah, the double jumps. Yeah. But you're, we're cool with Fortnite double jumping and flying. You can't and, double jump in Fortnite. Well, you, you can get a jetpack. Jet you can get the, the gun The bounce thing. pads. Oh, oh the, the grappler is freaking amazing. Yes, I love that. It's cool. So, Dusty, I guess that's that takes out my proposal. I was going to propose to you. Oh. Uh, so, last night, I was actually looking for you because I wanted to play some Fortnite with you. Really? Yes. You didn't have the other five friends that are ahead of me in talent I did, and skill. To but um, I was choosing them over you're choosing you over them. Andrew, next time you want to do that, I have a cell phone. You can text <laughs> me, and I'll be so on. Because I was just watching football. So that is actually the reason I called you last night, and then I got so mad about our fantasy lineups <laughs> that I forgot. <laughs> okay, tell the story, Andrew, because this is we're playing each other this week, which is funny. So, so we didn't even know this. Dusty and I proposed a trade to each other. Uh, so, actually, I proposed a trade to Dusty because somebody else proposed to me, and he, Dusty, I had looked, and he actually had a guy I wanted. I didn't think I'd ever get him, but Dusty proposed to him, Devonta Freeman, yeah, for Julio Jones. Uh, so, a receiver for a running back. I needed a running back. Obviously, I still need one. Because the guy Dusty uh, traded me is out this week. <laughs> yep. So, and we're playing. And then that's when we figured out we were playing each other. Yes. So you gave me Julio Jones for Devontae Freeman, and we're playing each other. And now you're even less, you know, right. of a better team. Yes. I mean, before I when, before we did the trade, I was projected to beat you by, like, two points. Now you're projected to beat me by, like, eight. Yeah. So, and then Dusty dropped a certain quarterback last week. Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers. I need, my quarterback didn't do so hot last week, and he was going up against the L.A. Rams, who has this stellar defense. And so I was panicking. I was like, oh, shoot, my quarterback's going to do cruddy against the Rams. So I'm going to pick up Philip Rivers because he has an easy matchup against the Niners. And Kirk Cousins goes off last night and gets 32 points. The quarterback I dropped got 32 points out of his projected 18. Sucks to be you, Andrew. So I am just helping Dusty win this league at this point. I am royally screwing you over by yes. trading you an injured player, yes. uh, dropping a player that you decide to pick up to, to start over your current starter. And he still might do good, but also the matchup is so good with the uh, – the Niners quarterback going down that they'll probably just run the ball the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> but that's fine. The Niners can do whatever they want. I need Phillip Rivers to do good. That's what I'm saying. They'll pull Phillip at halftime. Like, you know, it's true. We don't need you anymore. <laughs> don't wish that on me. So, so anyways, uh, it looks like Andrew's going to have a loss this week to me. Uh, now, now, I don't feel bad because Dusty's football team, fantasy team, did score 175 points last week. Because <laughs> here's the deal. I dropped Phillip Rivers <laughs> to pick up Matt Ryan with the better matchup, and he had like 40 fantasy points. So, so see, maybe that'll work for me because I dropped Kirk Cousins to pick up Phillip Rivers for a better matchup. Or it is going to be the opposite, and he's going to have like 12 points. <laughs> That's true. Stupid. You know who's really let me down on my team this year? 
And it's the stupidest position, but it's the one I'm always one of the best at. The head coach. <laughs> it is how I win most of my games. My kicker. Yeah, kicker's been kind of shaky this so season. So I've, I've had Matt Bryant for the last two years, and he has done phenomenal. This year I have Will Lutz, and he's not so good. <laughs> Is that the New Orleans? Yes. Okay. I mean, he's good. Don't get me wrong, but he's not Matt Bryant good. Yeah. Um, Vinatieri outshined him last year and or last week, and Vinatieri's how old? Sixty. Yeah. (laughs) He's like a senior citizen in football. He's getting a full retirement when he's done. (laughs) For real. I mean, he already has his AARP card. He gets his entire team discount travel. When he every time they go somewhere, I mean, geez, I should have tried to be a kicker. I have the uh, stature for it. Mm, short and fat. <laughs> short and fat. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think that's really it, but I don't know. Have you seen? Was it Janikowski for the, Yes. <laughs> he's so he's like a lineman kicking field goals. It's so funny. Like, but he's got the power because he's got the weight behind the foot. So. Whatever works, man. I've also seen him tackle, and he can tackle. Yeah. So So today, uh, let's go ahead and we'll get to our... uh, Well, actually, I was in a hotel room bored, and that's why I reached out to some people and recorded some podcast interviews. And so this is one of those. So the hotel, just to preface, the hotel uh, internet was... Amazing. Not, not up to par. So there was some weird wahs and stuff that bugged me. Maybe it won't bug you. Wah, now wah, you probably will notice it, and I brought it up and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But here is my interview with Mary DeMuth. So I got to be honest. Normally I don't listen to podcasts when it's just you. But since Mary's on here, let me, I'll check it out. Well, fine. Now I got to Here's our <laughs> podcast with Mary DeMuth. Hey, Mary, thanks for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm so excited. You're the first person that's written a book that I've ever talked to. So that's kind of neat for me. Well, that's cool. That's exciting. This is my crazily 36th book. So uh, not my first rodeo. Yeah. So you have a book coming out. I think it's uh, on October 1st called The Seven Deadly Friendships. Yes. And it's not about vampires. So I'm really glad about that. Mm. Okay. Do you have books about vampires? (laughs) <laughs> I should, but I don't. I do write novels, but I haven't thrown any vampires in there. Darn it. Is vampires biblical, I guess? Is is that? Oh, wow. Okay, we're jumping there already. <laughs> you know, I think there was some something written about that somewhere, and mm-hmm. I can't remember it right now, but that there was some like precedent for it in scripture, and now I can't remember the reference, oh. but... Now I got to find it. I mean, there's lots of stuff about blood in there. So yeah, <laughs> there we go. It's true. This would have been a good uh, podcast for me to find, to have Andrew on with me because we're best friends or we think so. And uh, we could, you could <laughs> might discover he's your deadly friendship. Yeah. So I guess if he, if I find that out through the podcast, I guess he won't be on anymore. <laughs> it's the end. Podcast. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> so what, what is the premise of said? Seven Deadly Friendships. I have been in difficult relationships throughout my life. And what I have found is that I tend to chase after painful relationships because of an untold story or not necessarily an untold story, but an unhealed story. So I was personally raised by um, 
someone who is predatory and someone who is narcissistic. And so I found myself from my teens on pursuing predatory and narcissistic relationships, both in my friendships and in my relationships with other men and all of that. And, and I finally kind of understood that, um, there's a reason I was doing that and I needed to kind of have Jesus resolve that story. And so this book evolved from that realization as well as a a deep dive into Proverbs 6, which has a list of the seven deadly sins. There's other um, seven deadly lists out there. I think Pope Gregory did one of them, but this is the one based on scripture. And I began to see that there were some really interesting correlations between uh, those deadly sins and toxic people. And so the book is about basically recognizing if you're in one of those seven toxic relationships, and sometimes those can be an amalgamation of all sorts of different ones, and then how to walk through that afterwards. Do you separate? Do you um, sever? Do you work it out? Do you, how do you self-examine yourself to see like how you contributed it? Are you one of the seven deadly friends? Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of my whole, <laughs> whole reasoning behind writing the book. It's like if you can't find who your your who your deadly friend is, you might have to point <laughs> you, the finger back at yourself. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, there's some self help therapy in there as well. <laughs> have Have you had to like walk through this process? You said you've had to walk through that with relationships in your life. Absolutely. Yes. So. Um, particularly the ones that are the hardest for me are those ones I first mentioned, narcissistic type folks and predatory type folks. And um, I remember getting off the phone with one of the predatory types and I was shaking. It was like one of those like friend breakups that just freaks you out, like super scary and you're shaking. And I remember hanging up the phone and walking into my office and crying immediately like, oh my gosh, that was so stressful. But then this wave of relief just washed over me. And I was so grateful that it was over. And in retrospect, and I think this is what a lot of people go through is they have all sorts of really clever comebacks in retrospect, where they have ways of like, oh, that's why that wasn't healthy. But in the middle of it, you can't understand like, why is, why do I always feel weird when I'm around this person? Or why do I feel taken advantage of? And so this book is kind of my gift back to the to give us retrospect in the moment, if that makes sense. So how can you choose safer friends? One of the things I have in the book is a list of qualities of safe people, which I think is really, really helpful. Um, I just didn't know how to choose those folks. And I did read a great book called Safe People by Henry Cloud, which is a great um, additional resource to your library. But uh, this was a summary of what I found in terms of friendships and, you know, we've, I've heard, I think it was Jim Rohn or Jim Rohr, one of those two people that says, you, you are the sum of the five people that you hang out with. And that's kind of what has been interesting to me over the past year or so, just looking at my current relationships and realizing, yeah, these are the five people that I'm closest to. And I actually really love them and they're making me a better person. I think the question we can ask ourselves in the midst of a, a a relationship that's just you constantly feel on edge about is, is, is this person making me better? Are they causing me to grow more in Christ? Are they, um, are they for me or against me? Do I feel guilted and shamed every time around them? And so, um, yeah, there's, there's some advice and help in the book about those particular issues. I could also ask for myself, how do you find friends? <laughs> As I get older, I realize I know I don't have a handful of people that I hang out with 
And that's even a loosely used term. Like in the last six months, I might have hung out with them once. You know, I think social media has has dealt a death blow to a lot of friendships because in the past we had to actually go meet people at places and do things with them. <laughs> and so part of it is is getting outside of the social media bubble and actually having face-to-face conversations with people. Oh, and I forget. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Like all you introverts out there is making you sick. <laughs> but, uh, but I think that's part of it. Actually, my husband and I were having this very conversation last night about how it's hard. It seems like the older you get, and the less away from those kind of social structures like college or a new job, the farther away you get from that, or you're in the economy of, you know, we all work from home, the harder it is to make those friends. And it's almost like you have to, it's almost like a discipline. You almost have to say, okay, today I'm going to go have lunch with that person because it's valuable to me. And every single time I do that, I am so happy in the aftermath of it. I just think, wow, I learned so much about that person that they're not projecting on social media and that they got to see my heart and we connected. But it is definitely not lackadaisical. If you want to have friends, you have to pursue. And unfortunately, we're in a society that doesn't pursue anymore. And so it's pretty rare if you pursue. Now, of course, when you pursue, then you're going to risk your heart. You're going to risk rejection. So there's all that to deal with as well. My wife and I, we celebrate, uh, well, we don't celebrate, but it ends up every Friday we find ourselves uh, home alone together. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we started calling it No Friends Friday. <laughs> it's like, a, you know, it's one of those things, like you said, like the idea of scheduling a hangout with friends is like a terror like on monday it's just like i do not want to do anything but then after but if you do the work and you schedule it and you go hang out with them like i've never hated it it's just that (laughs) initial setting up a time to hang out with your friends (laughs) is the uh the hardest part for me i think because the thought of it on monday is no and then we find ourselves friday not making plans and so then we just now it's just a funny joke it's no friends friday (laughs) because <laughs> neither of us made plans to hang out with anybody. <laughs> so. I totally hear you with that. I think too, part of that, and I, I'm in that same boat with you. There, I just want to, like after a day of work with humans that I'm seeing through pixels, the last thing I want to do is just interact again because I've been over-interactive. And I kind of wonder what role Sabbath plays in in causing us to want to hang out with people because the more rested I am and the more I rest from social media and from online stuff, the more open I am to pursuing in real life relationships. So I just kind of wonder if there's a book there or, um, or an idea there that needs to be explored. Yeah, that is interesting. Of uh, A lot of things that we, because we don't really practice the Sabbath <laughs> the way Mm-mm. it should be practiced. Uh, even churches, I think, tend to like we're doing a lot of volunteering and serving, you know, not that those are bad mm-hmm. things, but, but that's still, that's like an, an extra day of work. If I'm working at the church, if I like, when I serve at the church, my job duties usually mean that I'm there from seven to one, seven to noon, somewhere around there. That's like a, that's four or five hours of work that, yeah. I, that I did <laughs> on Sabbath before I even go home and spend time with family. And then usually that's when you got to catch up on chores. So yeah, you're right. Like the last thing I want to do after 
all of that is go out and do something. <laughs> so right. Like, it just I'm wanting to rest finally, you know. So that is interesting. Yeah. Interesting point. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we talked about this because I hadn't thought of it quite like that before. So thanks for bringing it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's one thing I've noticed. Like I used to be a youth pastor. So the Sunday was a payday for me. Like I usually had a day mm-hmm. off during the week because Sunday was technically a work day. And, uh, but I remembered like how much I re- asked of volunteers to help me on Sunday, even though like I have a day off in a week because of this duty, <laughs> but right. the rest of the congregation or the people that are volunteering don't. And, uh, I just, when I've been outside of that realm, and now as a volunteer for a church, I'm like, golly, they ask for a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and our reward is supposedly in heaven for this, I think. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if that's even true. But, but yeah, it's just interesting how much, to me, time is more valuable than money. Like I would rather yeah. give you some money and you go do the, you go as a church and go help the people and let me stay home and rest. It's <laughs> probably a terrible <laughs> thing, but. This is this podcast has been renamed the the sloth podcast. The sloth, yeah, like uh, it's like the moth, but it's the sloth. The sloth because we're lazy. Is that, <laughs> is that why? Like, we just can't get off the couch to go hang out with our friends. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just too I've, much that. I've also heard well, like I was a youth pastor like ten years, twelve years ago, somewhere like that. And one of the things that they even said like uh, garage doors when those became invented was a thing that made neighbors not used to hang out with not hang out with your neighbors in as much because you just drive into your garage. If you're a clean person yeah. and you yes. <laughs> behind you, like you're I, not I, a hoarder. <laughs> I never talk to my neighbors. And so, um, mm. I just kind of wave and go straight into my house. And so it's just kind of an interesting of how I have friendship opportunities around me and how, even if they're good, I tend to not do that is that in your book am i am i gonna have to read this book i don't read books because <laughs> there is an audio book so you don't even yes, have to read it audio that is, <laughs> that is my do you read it on yourself on the audio i did the reading so yeah interesting it's a lot of reading <laughs> yeah I, I bet how many books 35 36 this year's 36 yeah 36 books? yeah Whew, that's the, and you do the audio books for all of them no, but um, probably about four or five of them I've done. Slacker. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> sloth. I'm a sloth. <laughs> <laughs> I've always thought, you know, it's one of those things, and that's kind of how I am. But like uh, one of my favorite authors that I've read is Donald Miller. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I've always heard him speak. And, and you're the opposite of this too, I think, is uh, most of the time you hear, hear, hear authors speak, they're, they're pretty lame you know, because, yes. <laughs> because they, they don't usually talk to people. <laughs> so, right. And so um, it's interesting when you hear, you know, authors and they're actually very outgoing or I don't know, great speakers, I guess. But um, anyway, I heard him speak one time and I was like, oh, I could totally write a book. That's totally what I need to do. And it was before <laughs> Like, no, I, I don't even read books. Why would I even have the time <laughs> to a- write a book? Like, that's ridiculous, <laughs> Dusty. What am I doing? So what, what got you started into writing? Well, um, I actually was a speaker before a writer, so that might be the reason why I'm able to chat on podcasts. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I have been writing a really long time. I was an English major in college, and uh, I was an English teacher for a little while and then started having children. And um, the moment I had my first child, I just had this 
weird, insatiable desire to write a book. And it's like I gave birth and I wanted to give birth to a book. So I started um, in the 90s, way back before the internet, um, started writing these articles and books that never got published and then just spent that um, like 10,000 hour outliers formula by Gladwell. I uh, spent my 10,000 hours in the 90s writing unpublished words. And so by the time the 2000s rolled around, my husband was a student at Dallas Seminary getting his master's in theology and church planting. And um, that was the same time my kids all started being in school so I could really pursue and dust off this dream. Thankfully, uh, within a few years, I got a literary agent and just started publishing about three books a year for the past 12 years now. And uh, it's just been an amazing ride. And the cool thing is, is that I spent all that time and it was never wasted. The problem today is that people, now that you can just like upload your book today onto CreateSpace and have it in your hands next week, is that there's no apprenticeship. There's no, um, there's none of those 10,000 hours. And so now I've, I feel like I've mastered not fully, but much better than I did, uh, master the craft of, craft of writing. I can write fast. I can produce quickly. And um, the next generation of writers are not necessarily trained in that because they didn't have to struggle. <laughs> so that's kind, of my, uh, that's kind of my story in terms of like where I've come in as a writer. And so this book, Seven Deadly Friendships, uh, use a, I'm just looking at the notes here, and you use a lot of scripture. So when it comes to relationships, I mean, why do you think the Bible talks about relationships so much? <laughs> yeah, because um, that's what our life is. Our life is love God, love others. And so those are two very important things. And the love others is, is reflective of how we love God and how God loves us. And it was interesting because I have a, a podcast called PrayEveryDay.show, and I'm praying people through scripture every single day. So five minutes of prayer based on a scripture. And so right now, currently, I'm praying people through all the scriptures that I found or that I utilized in the seven deadly friendships. Well, I thought it would be like, you know, one month of praying. Well, it's three months because it's over a hundred scriptures yeah. that are in the book. And a lot of those are pulled from the book of Proverbs, which is full of really great relational information. Um, so yeah, the Bible has so much to say about it because it's where we live. It's where we, it's where we work. It's where our heart is. It's if, if I have a difficult conversation with my husband or a good friend, it's going to color my entire day. It's going to, it's going to key me up for a long time. And so keeping those short accounts and working through those difficult things are absolutely part of the sanctification journey. And that's one of the reasons I wrote the book. I, I don't point the finger and say, well, all those people out there are the deadly friendships and I am the awesome one. Instead, I say, you know what? You could be a deadly friendship. Uh, you could be in one or you could be part of one or you could be the problem in it. And so let's look at our broken relationships as avenues to grow in Christ. And therefore, that's something that you can control. You cannot control the other person, but you sure can control your own growth and how you respond to a broken relationship. So that's kind of the heartbeat of the book. Um, I help people discern those seven friendships. I gave them names. So you've got like Narcissist Nolan and Predator Page are in there. And and then I, I give checklists of maybe you are in one of those relationships. And then I also have a quiz people can take 
It's the number seven and the words deadlyfriendships.com. So seven deadlyfriendships.com with the number seven. And there's a quiz that you can take to find out if you're in one of those seven deadly friendships. It's probably common, do you think, to find yourself on both sides of that? Like some friend friend circles, you're the deadly one. Some, some friend circles, you're not. <laughs> People bring that out of you too. But also you can begin to see, like you mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, if, if, uh, if you can't seem to find any deadly friendships, maybe you're the common denominator. <laughs> maybe you're the one. Uh, you find that a lot with dramatic people. So there's dramatic Drake and uh, he uh, tends to need to be the center of attention and everything. But I have found that I struggle with being a dramatic Drake as well. So yeah, I mean, it, it's both sides. It's not just them, it's you and and then I look at the life of Joseph and Jesus, who both encountered each one of the seven deadly friendships, and then looking at how did they respond and how did they move on beyond them. So how can people find your book? It, it, it should be out now once this releases. So how can they? Well, I'm really, yeah, I'm really hoping the drones will bring it to their houses. Because yes. that's, that's, wouldn't that be cool? That's very cheap, you know, too. Yeah, it's sure. Yeah, so you can uh, call a drone or um, instead of Uber Eats, it should be like Uber Reads and they bring you a book. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> yeah. But uh, they can find it to answer your question finally. You're like, this person does not answer my questions. Uh, they can find it on Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, um, anywhere books are sold, any Christian bookstore, Christian book distributors, Lifeway, uh, anywhere, anywhere, any place all the places <laughs> all the place that's that's usually just just anywhere you know yeah all the places well that's awesome and in your is it the amazon is that where the audiobook is on amazon yes it's on um audible okay yeah that's what i was trying to think of the word my wife <laughs> the amazon audio thing yeah, it's called audible thing, you know <laughs> my wife listens to books to fall asleep to cover up my snoring but uh uh fun <laughs> yeah, so she listens to a lot of audible so i'll just throw this on the list there awesome that'd be great seven deadly friendships.com yes with the number seven yeah deadly friendships.com go take the quiz find out who you are and then i guess go to amazon a little plug for amazon and get your book i think right now they're on sale on christian book distributors they uh, drop the price quite a bit so you might try their cbd.com and it's not the number seven deadly friendships title of the book. Right. That's, it's a S E B E N. But if you, if you query my name, Mary Demuth and Amazon, all the books will come up and you can oh, yeah. choose just one. Mary Demuth. And then there's <laughs> yep. a, you know, 36 of them. Just buy them all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you could all do that, who are listening today, that would be really great. Thank you so much. <laughs> not in my budget, but you know, somebody. <laughs> no, sure. Sure. it's not even in my budget. And I'm the one that wrote them. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for being on the podcast. It was great. Thanks. My pleasure. I know Andrew's been into reading. I'll get him to read it and then we can maybe discuss it even further on a separate podcast. Yeah, it's not a girl. It looks kind of like a girly cover, but it's for men and women. So well, it's got popsicles on it. That's, that's uh, I know, like many popsicles, right? Yeah. It's got the word deadly. <laughs> that's exciting. Blood color, right? It's red popsicles. It's blood. They're dripping. The friendships are dripping yes. blood. Yeah, it's uh, good. There's okay. vampires in there. Look, I, might, I might find a vampire in there somewhere. You might. You might. You should start doing that in your books. Do like hidden Easter eggs and just start I've, do a vampire reference just somewhere in the I book. I should. 
And people would be I, like, she really likes vampires. And we're like, not really. It's just decided to do it. <laughs> They're my Easter egg that I put in every book. Except yeah. I'd have to go back like 35 more books and yeah, that's, figure that's out how to get them in there. They're that's already published. <laughs> no, from now on. From now on. From, from this day forward. Yeah. <laughs> yes. From this day forward. <laughs> live your best life. With oh, dear. Okay. Let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely will probably have you again with Andrew and we can do something fun about evaluating our relationship if that's cool with you yeah i could be like your counselor that'd be fun yes that's what we need we need counseling i could diagnose you <laughs> andrew's one of those people like we're probably toxic and we're probably also very helpful <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those love hate relationships we've, we've hated each other so many different times that's funny since eighth grade wow um, that's cool in our 30s I mean, not cool that you hate each, hated each other, but you're still together. It's good. Yeah. It's, it's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, but okay. And did you say you had a podcast also? Yeah. PrayEveryDay.show. PrayEveryDay.show. Is that the website or the podcast name? That's the website. And the podcast is called Pray Every Day. Pray Every Day. All right. I'll promote that too. Cause that's kind of cool. Something yeah. Different. It's on iTunes, all the places. Yeah, all the places. All right, thanks, Mary. Thanks. It was great to talk to you. Thank you so much.